When we leave our homes, we expect things will be as they are when we return. For those who have pets, we expect that when we come home, they'll be there to greet us or we'll see them sleeping or playing. But what happens when we come home and our pet is gone? And worse, what if you find out that someone you know was the one who was responsible for its disappearance? host Hepburn and you're listening to the Voiceless Speak Forever podcast, a true crime podcast dedicated to exposing the many misdeeds and abuses done to animals. And every week, I'll be covering a new animal abuse case. Today, I'll be covering a 2015 murder case in Austin, Texas. In March of 2015, after suffering the loss of their beloved cat, the Johnsons, an elderly couple decided to adopt another cat, an orange tabby named Tiger. Tiger wasn't an indoor cat. He loved being outdoors, being in the grass, climbing fences, and just exploring his surroundings. His rural new home was perfect for him and his adventurous soul. And as time passed, Tiger acclimated to his new home, and the Johnsons fell more in love with him believing that he would be with them for many years to come, and they looked forward to those days. But the day before the Johnsons set off on a trip would be the last time they would ever see Tiger alive. On April 15, 2015, a local vet and Johnson's neighbor, Kristen Lindsay, was practicing archery when she saw an orange tabby in the distance of her field. She took aim at it. In one smooth motion, the arrow pierced the cat's head through its eye. Walking over to the cat's body, she knelt down and examined her kill. She was proud for a couple of reasons. First, this was her first bow kill. And second, she finally killed the feral cat that was a nuisance to her, a cat that would never fight with her own cat again or poop in the horse feeders ever again. Satisfied, she picked up the cat by the arrow and smiled as her mom took a photo of her and her kill. Soon after she killed the cat, she posted her trophy picture on Facebook and captioned it, My first bow kill, cat emoticon, LOL. The only good feral tomcat is the one with an arrow through its head. Vet of the year award, gladly accepted. What might have seemed like a non-issue to Kristen wasn't for thousands of others, least of all the cat's owners. When a Johnson saw the image, they knew instantly that the feral cat was Tiger. Once the post went viral, the fallout was swift. A Facebook page called Justice for Tiger was created, and a petition was started asking for the revocation of Kristen's vet license. The hospital she worked at, Washington Animal Clinic in Brenham, Texas, received 500 calls from people who were angered by Kristen's actions, and two days after the incident, They fired her. They said, We're absolutely appalled, shocked, upset, and disgusted by the conduct. We have parted ways with Miss Lindsay. We do not allow such conduct and we condemn it in the strongest possible manner. In addition to the hospital condemning her actions, her alma mater, College of Veterinary Medicine and Biomedical Sciences at Colorado State, also did the same thing. They said what she did was extremely disturbing and grotesque. People called for her to be prosecuted for animal cruelty. They called, 
sent emails, and made public statements to the Austin County District to do something about Tiger's staff. But the Austin County District Attorney ultimately decided against this. They said that they didn't have enough evidence to determine if the cat was a pet, if the cat was killed on her property, and if the cat was killed in a cruel manner. But if you look at the evidence, it seems that she didn't meet all the criteria that they didn't have to convict her. First, she admitted to killing the cat on her property. Second, the Johnsons confirmed that the cat was theirs, so it's a pet. Third, and even if the cat was feral, it's still protected under Texas's anti-animal cruelty law. So, essentially, it's illegal to kill a feral cat. But it does get kind of complicated when you're talking about a property owner killing an animal, causing problems on their land. And yes, when Kristen goes to court, she'll use this as part of her defense. But one of the essential things in this rule is that the animal has to be causing problems, like killing livestock, for example, to be legally killed. Lastly, in terms of whether Tiger died in a cruel manner or not, well, one might say that Tiger did suffer and that maybe he didn't die right away. And you'll hear why later. A vet will talk about what he observed in Kristen's photo. Just keep this point in mind. But the district attorney didn't take that into account. What Kristen did can be seen as breaking the law because Kristen herself said that she just saw the cat, thought it was the feral cat that was causing problems, and she just killed it. At that moment, when she saw it, The cat technically wasn't doing anything wrong. It was just there. But people didn't back down. People wanted justice for Tiger. In response to the district attorney's decision, the Animal Legal Defense Fund pushed back, and they asked for all the records of the case. And when the district attorney's office refused to give the records to them and refused to reopen the case, they filed a complaint to the Texas Board of Veterinary Medical Examiners for Kristen's vet license to be revoked. And this seemed to do the trick. The board agreed that her license needed to be revoked, and they moved to do it. But, of course, Kristen rejected the board's decision and refused to give up her license. This prompted the board to file a complaint against her to the Texas State Office of Administrative Hearings. But the outcome wasn't what everyone hoped for. In 2016, when her case went to court, the judges suggested that her license not be revoked, but instead be suspended for five years. For the first year, she can't practice. But the remaining four years, well, she can practice, but another vet has to supervise her, to which the board agreed to. So you would think that Kristen would be grateful that she didn't lose her license, but that wasn't the case. She actually went on to appeal it. For her defense, she claimed that a feral cat was fighting with her cat and pooping in her horse feeders and was not friendly toward her at all. She said that she asked the owner of her property if the cat was anybody's, and he said no, and that she can kill it. She said that if she didn't have the property owner's permission, she would have never killed it. But when she found out from him that it wasn't anyone's pet, she knew she could kill it. But the thing is... She never asked her neighbors if the cat was their cat or not. There was even a cat person by her who took care of feral and tamed cats, and she didn't ask them. 
And there was never any evidence that the feral cat was actually causing trouble, like fighting with her cat or pooping in her horse feeders was just a pet. She just shot it. She saw an opportunity to kill, and she did. Another one of her points revolved around the rights of property owners being allowed to kill animals that were considered nuisances. To support this claim, she and her lawyers used misquotes from a police report that Mrs. Johnson did. In this report, Mrs. Johnson said she knew Tiger wasn't supposed to be on Kristen's property and that she had every right to protect her animals and property. Kristen said that based on that, the Johnsons did consent to her killing Tiger because they agreed with the property owner's right to kill an animal who harmed the owner's property. But in reality, Mrs. Johnson actually said that she would be very sorry if Tiger was causing problems on her property. But she never said Tiger did anything bad to Kristen. Furthermore, she said Tiger was allowed to roam free. So you can already see that her defense isn't that tight. But what made things worse for her was when one of the people who testified against her was a fellow vet and the president of the Society for Veterinary Medical Ethics, Dr. William Folger. During her appeal hearing, he made a really startling claim. He alleged that Tiger was actually alive when the picture was taken. He said, A right foreleg was pronated, which means turned upward, and the forearms were way too high for the cat to be deceased. I knew this and spoke to an internationally renowned expert in veterinary forensics prior to the administrative hearing. It was not possible that the cat was dead. And after hearing all of this, the court upheld her punishment. There was just too much evidence against her to win her appeal case. In addition to losing, she also had to pay the costs related to the appeal. And one of the worst parts of this tragedy was that Kristen never apologized to the Johnsons for killing Tiger. She just took the cat's life and refused to take responsibility for it. And honestly, anyone who does that is just despicable and soulless. But before this episode ends, I just wanted to add a note about why Tiger's story blew up in the media. Of course, Tiger was and still is very important, but news outlets generally won't cover animal abuse cases unless it is somewhat out of the ordinary. And I think they chose this story because it had a lot to do with the fact that Kristen did not represent what a vet is supposed to be. And when someone betrays their role's duty, it'll receive quite a bit of attention, and in this case, very negative attention. When people become vets, they usually want to help the animals. It doesn't matter if the animal is someone's pet or is feral. They just want to help preserve and save the animal's life. In addition, there's a desire to not only help the animal, but to help the animal's owner too. They're trying to help them to not only understand how to take care of their pet better, but when they're educating owners about how to better take care of their pets, they are essentially assuaging the anxieties and fears that come with the uncertainty of being an animal parent. Because as much as we can love our pet and hope we're doing right by them, we'll always have that thought in the back of our mind that maybe we're not doing enough for them. And having someone who is trained to know how to take care of an animal and has the best intentions for them is a comfort. So that was the heartbreaking case of Tiger. If you take anything away from this episode, 
Please let it be to always love your pets to the greatest extent you can because your future with them is not promised. Thank you so much for listening to the Voiceless Speak Forever podcast. If you like this episode, please leave a review, subscribe, and remember to spread the word of this podcast because crimes done to animals need to be known more widely so that we can do more to protect them. Also, if this podcast or any of these episodes is too depressing, you can also check out the Voiceless Speak Forever Instagram page. It's called the.vsf.official. Just check that out because it's a pretty feel-good page. We interview people who help animals, who love animals, and we also have pretty cute animal photos. So check it out. And you can sign a petition we started demanding that social media sites and streaming platforms ban images depicting animal cruelty. I'll leave a link for all of these in the show notes. Toodles!